smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. I am your co-host, Cliff Schechter, here with my co-host, the other host, John Aravosis. Hey, John. Oh, 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 breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. What? You heard it here first. Buttigieg is being nominated to transportation. Thank uh, you. Thank you. I've right. been about this for two weeks. This is huge. Thank you. John, uh, as you may or may not know, David, is gay. And um, <laughs> therefore... <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> what is that? What is that? And, there, and therefore knows a lot about transportation? Where, like, where exactly. are you going with this? He knows all the good gays. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, John is, has been making a deal, and I think, uh, and, and not in a bad way, I think a very fair one. And I'm going to say this quickly, and I'm going to introduce you, because we yeah, haven't yeah, done sorry, that. Sorry, but break it. But the fact that, that you know, there are, there are you know, various parts of the democratic coalition that are already complaining and saying that, you know, we have two folks, but we need three or we have three and we need four. And I think John's made a very valid point that we've hadn't had a, have not in the past had a gay, uh, an LGBTQ member as any of the uh, running, any of the cabinet posts. It's certainly at least nobody open. Openly. And, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> having one, maybe having somebody like that is a kind of an important thing too. But we've um, never had anybody who was a cabinet secretary who was openly. But there was a closet. We we never had an openly gay cabinet secretary. No, I did. No, and, wow, I did not know that. Ambassadors, advisors, but not not crazy. Cabinet. And the first cabinet-like position, right? In other words, that ex- and we described this the last show that extended cabinet, like OMB director, the ones that aren't as important. Basically, uh. Rick <laughs> Rick Grinnell was the first one under Trump. No. Oh, that we got a and it so, was under Donald freaking Trump. So no we Democrat kind of felt like, has ever look, to anybody. I mean, we've made yeah. the argument, and I've, I certainly have, and I'm sure you guys have. I mean, how important it is that, for example, with Kamala Harris, that young girls can look up to her and say, you know what, I can do that too. Um, you know, John's had some very kind of poignant stories here about what it was like growing up gay. And I think having, you know, young members of the LGBTQ community being able to look up and say, you know what, I can be in the cabinet is kind of an important thing too. So, but you know, the only the only put the only pushback I would offer on that is that I the who is rumored that he was offered OMB first and turned it down because he wanted a cabinet position. I and I, I personally yeah. think if you want to affect policy, like in a concrete way, OMB is better than than transportation. That's probably true. Transportation doesn't really do anything, do they? <laughs> no, the only thing, the other problem, though, is, though, at, I mean, if you're also thinking of your future career. Yes, OMB that's director, that's what he's thinking of. Regular people don't know what OMB is. Yeah. It's, it's an office, apparently, right? Look at the t- name. Oh, you're the director <laughs> of an office. That's nice. Versus, versus <laughs> former secretary. He okay. would be called, he'd be called Mr. Secretary in interviews henceforth afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, if you're totally important, as we all know, it's important. Politics, it's <laughs> And it's a lesser. It's a lesser okay, John. We gotta, I, I got to stop here. Introduce David Roberts. <laughs> David <laughs> Roberts. Thank you for joining us. I'm this very excited. Sorry. That, that disembodied voice you heard that was not John or John's or my voice <laughs> is is a very very talented writer. I'm sure you've read his stuff. Uh, a writer for a long time for Grist. I read his work there. Um, he moved on then uh, to Vox. I believe that was right afterwards. But in between, you've written for the Atlantic, and I, I see here you've appeared on CNN. Fun stuff. Um, Chicago Tribune you've written for good stuff and uh, for a while at Vox as a writer on energy and climate I would say is the concentration but on all issues of politics which is where I've gotten to really enjoy reading uh, your work incisive and and just 
really interesting reads. He has now left to start left. He has left to start his own newsletter, which uh, is uh, it's how to get volts. To it. it is volts. Volts. Which, V-O-L-T-S dot WTF. And now a word from our sponsor. Well, hey, guys, as you know, it's difficult for the planet to sustain billions of N95 masks being discarded each and every day. I don't know if they're each and every day, but billions overall. (laughs) Billions and billions. Uh, It's it's also uh, a difficult time, and nobody wants to spend a ton of money on getting new masks all the time. So guess what? Dan Castle launched Castle Grade. It's, he's the maker of the last mask you'll ever need to buy. Castle grade masks are reusable, easy to clean, and they're dishwasher safe. They're FDA registered as an N95. It doesn't directly wrap over your mouth like cloth masks, affording you the ability to breathe easier. We like that. Won't fog your glasses. And of course, the soft silicon doesn't leave marks on your face. If you'd like to grab one of these masks, folks, visit castlegrade.com and enter the discount discount code. I'm having trouble today. Sexy liberal checkout for 10% off your first order. That's castlegrade.com and use the code sexy liberal at checkout for 10% off your, your Castle Grade reusable mask. And now back to our show. He was Dr. Vox on Twitter. Now he's Dr. Volts. And my first question is, are you a medical doctor or are you just using the term doctor, you know, to make yourself seem like you're important, kiddo? <laughs> this, okay. is, this is hilarious. This, this comes from back when I was at Grist and I was groping around. My original Twitter handle was david.h.roberts or something like that, which is, as we know, just completely unworkable. Too many characters. So I'm groping around for short ways of saying David or David R or David Grist or Grist David. And the only one I could find that was available is DR, my initials, Grist. And and I didn't even think about it. I didn't think twice about it until like, of course, the minute I start tweeting, everybody's like, ooh, doctor, Dr. Grist, are you a doctor? And it just became kind of a running joke. And I've just kept it going ever ever since. DR Vox or DR Grist and DR Vox and now dr volts which is where you can find him on Twitter, yes. V-O-L-T-S. technically my i am not uh i should stress in no way a doctor i'm a doctor but i'm a doctor of takes uh that's my dog hold on one moment no, we don't we like dogs sorry we're pro we're a pro dog podcast he clearly doesn't listen to our show if he thinks that's a problem yeah well <laughs> most people don't i'm sorry that's a puppy yeah, uh, John has a dog, Sasha, that sometimes joins us. So we're very pro-dog on this John podcast. just said, Dave clearly doesn't listen to our show if he thinks dog barking is an issue. <laughs> dog barking is a regular thing here. Even once oh, good. On, you can yeah, hear good. one of my cats. They're not quite as loud. That was, that was Mabel. But, yeah. Oh, that was hi, cute. Mabel. Yeah, no, no, there Sasha goes go. crazy, too. So, um, you know what? Let's start with this, all right? What we've witnessed even the last couple of weeks, even more than just after the election, when it was increasingly clear you know, that Donald Trump was, what, one in 59 in court cases. He had no standing in the Supreme Court. He's getting laughed out of state courts. And even, you know, Trump justices are like, this is complete bullshit. Um, But he's still going, still lying. And the worst part of it all, and he's still saying this is fraud and all that stuff. The worst part is, of course, this letter that 126 of these chumps, known as House Republicans, signed on to, which is about two-thirds, I believe, of their caucus. Um, And... Uh, 18 attorneys general, including the, the the original one, the illustrious Ken Paxton, who I believe is being investigated for everything from bribery to securities fraud to campaign finance fraud. I, I don't know how long this, these indictments last. He's been under indictment like since before Trump was elected. Um, and so all these – I mean 
are they hmm. not signing on to treason or sedition or am I missing something here? Well, it's to me, to me, one of the interesting aspects of what's going on is that I think naively, especially if you watch a lot of like TV and movies, you think that if there's an evil scheme underway, there are evil schemers in charge somewhere. Somebody's pulling the strings and trying to, you know, move the pieces around like they're playing chess. Right. What's happening here is I don't think anybody is in charge. I don't think anybody is doing anything on purpose. Everyone on that side is acting for their sort of narrow, immediate <clears throat> interest without a, an eye on the bigger picture. Like Trump is just doing what Trump does, what Trump can't not do. It's, it's pathological. Of course he was going to do that. And we all knew he was going to do that. But like, does he really believe it's fraud? I don't know. Do the people signing this letter really believe it's fraud? I don't know. They're just scared of the base. The base right. is just is just mad. You know, like nobody's really seems to have the big picture in mind here. Everybody, but it, it goes to show a country can fall apart. A democracy can fall apart without anyone you know, without a mad genius <laughs> to, to, to do it, well, just with a bunch of people being assholes. And if we're being honest, I mean, not to, to, to really make this a dour day for anybody, but every democracy ever has fallen apart. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, trying... and particularly a presidential system like ours, no one, no one who creates a, a democracy in the last hundred years has opted for our system precisely because it's vulnerable to situations like this and the real miracle honestly is that we is that we've made it this far <laughs> to be honest because well, well, this was all know. just a gentleman's agreement it seems like the fact that we all hung together right i mean it, we knew it was norms uh, like you know everybody's it's an overused word these days but we knew it was mostly unwritten norms yeah. holding things together but i don't think any of us appreciated just how much it's unwritten norms it's unwritten norms yeah. all the way down it turns out if you're if you're willing to ignore those there's almost no restraint right. there's nothing to restrain you well we used to have a lot of what we did in politics but in life mm. in general was based on honor and we used to have more of an honor system right where which is negative in a whole lot of ways it leads to duels and wars and racism <laughs> and so i'm not don't don't think i'm arguing for that but the positive side was when it came to sort of how you behaved with other people there were certain kind of norms you adhered to because right. your word was supposed to mean something and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm less inclined to look kind of in the hearts and personalities of the people involved than the sort of incentive structure. And it seems to me what's happened is we used to have more cross-cutting coalitions, more cross-cutting interests. And what's happened, you know, this is a, at this point a, a well-told story, but what's happened over the last, whatever, call it 50 years, is this massive process of sorting in the right. U.S., where all the all the differences are becoming one big difference, right? All, all the all the disputes are becoming one big dispute, and so we're lining up on either side with these, you know, these mega identities, as uh, as they call them in political science these days. Mega identities. Mega identities. So right. so at this point, like if I tell you, I occasionally like to uh, eat you know, bulgur wheat or like, or like, a, you know, bulgur wheat based or like sweet potato based. Communist. You can tell, yeah, from that, you can tell me like, probably what kind of place I live in, what else, what other foods I like, wh who I vote for. Like, it's all one, it's all one big for the, for the identity now. In the history of the world. 
Yeah, so we're the so easiest the, people to build algorithms for. Wait, yeah. you know what? You know so what's the funny? losers, the losers have no. There, there's no. There's no. There's no other incentive for the losers other than just like pure loss. There's no. There's nothing to hold them back. There's no. There's no nothing to make them think that they that their fortunes hinge. Like they might win someday. Like it's just back and forth. We're all in the same political game. It's all existential now. So everything becomes a flight ninety three election or whatever the hell they call right. it. White 93 election, what does that mean? Don't you remember there was a right winger who posited, I don't remember who it was, but called the Trump election a Flight 93 election. And his whole theory was basically that um, the plane might go down with Trump, but it was worth taking the risk because everything was so terrible that you had to go in that direction. Yeah, basically the country's on the verge of destruction. Oh. If liberals are in charge, the entire yeah. project falls apart. And ergo, if you really truly believe that in your heart, then anything – is is justified to avoid okay. that Any, anything I mean, let me jump in because this is funny this is i did a very poor job of explaining that concept on the last podcast and our and cliff it was funny because cliff was actually trying to cliff was trying to rein me in he's like well violence is never a, you know we never want to resort to violence and i was like no 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 that's not what i'm arguing my point was if you truly think there was a coup d'etat and the other guys right. literally stole the election but i mean st not stole it like the way they normally steal elections, but literally like a coup d'etat. Your guy won by millions of votes. They wiped them out and they're stealing. It is not unreasonable for people to resort. Or totally. Irrational, irrational. Maybe that's the word. For people to resort to violence. And it reminds me on gay stuff years ago, I used to say the real danger of them calling us pedophiles. And I said this on TV was, I said, I've got nephews who are like five and six years old. If you're a pedophile and you come after my nephew, I'm going to kill you. Like we exactly. Exactly. Things, we are accusing people of things that violence is kind of a justified. From those. Well, this I said this for years and years. I mean, under Obama, hmm. for eight years, these people in right wing media were saying things that, if you took them literally, would would absolutely entail violence. Would absolutely entail doing literally anything. Like, and and nobody. The problem was for all those eight years, sort of like the establishment and, you know, mainstream pundits were just like, oh, those kind of crazies in the corner. There they go again. Pat them on the head. Like the whole thing seemed I, like kind of a sideshow. But I kept saying over and over again, these people are serious. And if they take power, they're going to really believe all this stuff. And if you really believe all this stuff, you don't have time for the niceties of of well, democracy and you know persuasion and you know accepting you know loss and now a word from our sponsor in the spirit of holiday sharing you know you put a lot of effort each year into finding the perfect gifts for special people that's why you should send flowers from bloomsy box that's b-l-o-o-m-s-y box for the holidays bloomsy box are simply better blooms their flowers are sustainably grown on family farms around the world you just place an order and your flowers are handpicked and arranged at a farm unique to you it's like sending a personal one-of-a-kind gift bloomsy box actually it literally is sending a personal one-of-a-kind <laughs> gift bloomsy box delivers their farm fresh flowers straight to your door so they arrive weeks fresher they provide they pride themselves on great prices a huge selection of artisan designed arrangements no hidden fees no endless upsells and free shipping with subscription whether sending a single arrangement or a subscription for someone special to receive flowers each month feel confident with the quality offered by bloomsy box go to bloomsybox.com that's b-l-o-o-m-s-y box.com enter the promo code stephanie to get 15 percent off you will also receive free shipping when you purchase a subscription. That's promo code Stephanie at bloomzybox.com.
Hey, Cliff, if something hey, John. Hey, Cliff, if something's <laughs> interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, our sponsor can help. Better Ooh. help. And the sponsor is BetterHelp. <laughs> I guess they better help. Damn it, they better help. Better help. That's H E L P. Seeks to provide special. <laughs> I'm laughing. They spelled it out like help. It's the word help, folks. It's not hard to understand. <laughs> they literally spelled out H E L P in the script. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, just in case you thought help was spelled P L E Y, I think they need help spelling. <laughs> in an uncomfortable waiting room. You never know whether the whether the advertisers like this or hate it. Um, you'll never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. They assess your needs with a few questions. Oh, it's an online thing. Good. And match you with a licensed professional board certified therapist. Start communicating in under 24 hours, connecting in a safe, private online environment. Send a message to your counselor and receive a timely response. Schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever is most comfortable for you. Anything you share is confidential. If you want to try a new therapist, it's simple and free to switch. BetterHelp says they are more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. Start living a happier life today. You'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp at betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health by going to betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal and receive 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash sexy liberal. And now back to our show. The big one that I tried to sort of, you know, that I was saying for a long time there that drove me nuts. And, you know, people familiar, we've talked about on this, the, the concept of stochastic terrorism, yeah. whereas you say this kind of stuff enough, you can you don't know where or when. But statistically, you can figure out that somebody's going to do something um, was uh, you know, the thing I'll never forget is somebody who's done a lot of work on the issue of women's choice. You know, I've always on the board of Planned Parenthood of Ohio, where I live. And. When when Ted Cruz and and Kurtley Fiorina, ironically, who eventually comes out and endorses Biden because Trump is too crazy, but when Ted Cruz and Kurtley Fiorina stood on a stage and said they'd seen that video where alive babies were aborted, and right. I mean this horrific stuff, and they've only gotten worse. So that back then seemed like oh my god, and now they still say that all the time. But the response, of course, was you are going to get people killed. And of course, what happened was somebody mumbling about baby parts, which was the exact phrase that Carly used. Um, you know, walks into a Planned Parenthood in Colorado Springs and starts shooting people. Yeah, and but this but is there's no there's no apologies, no acknowledgement yeah. that this man had been listening to them and, and took what they said seriously and murdered people. Nobody, as as David was just saying, in the mainstream media would say you got people killed. And it's not just you can't. I mean, the problem, the big problem we face, the structural problem is that, of course, Democrats can say that, especially like you know, random liberals on the internet can say that but if you want to dissuade people from that kind of activity you need moral condemnation from society at large and we've got this polarization that means that you know sort of institutions like academia or whatever or or, or, or entertainment or mainstream you know sort of down the middle news or whatever they feel like if they weigh in on any of these things they're taking a side and so they so you're the 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 area of neutrality just gets pushed back and back and back and back and now all of a sudden we're neutral about whether it's okay to like literally get people shot the sort of the absurd place but it's not just we need democrats to come out and, and condemn this we need like ordinary mainstream you know, like The Rock, you know, and like the heads of companies and like just normal members of civil society to say this is not a political 
two sides issue. This is democracy or not democracy. This is beyond that. We've got to draw some lines somewhere, but we never drew any lines. And so now, like, you've got this vicious cycle started. And this is what the the thing that disturbs me and, and confuses me and just, like, robs me of hope is, like, all the things they're doing, you know, like you create that stochastic, you create that environment where stochastic terrorism takes place. Then there, then you get violence, but the violence serves you. Like the, the impression of chaos serves authoritarians, and so authoritarians can create violence, and then they can create the backlash to violence, and then that gives them an excuse for more violence. It's just right. all the negative and, things they're doing on that side seem and, to be working. And they're accusing by accusing us of the stuff that they're doing and they're plotting. They make it a he said, she said in terms yeah. of mom and dad, because think about it, even accusing Biden of stealing the election. They're trying to steal the election by accusing Biden of stealing the election. I mean, it's this riddle wrapped in itself kind of beauty to it. And this is a long time. It's a long time right. thing. They've been trying to <laughs> to suppress the votes and, and you know, yeah. deny minorities the yeah. votes based Forever. on fantastical yeah. You know, stories about voter fraud. It's, now, it's the oldest story in the book. It, but when we accuse them of it next time, it's going to be just like this time, for example, they keep bringing up the Russia probe. Well, yes. you you started it by trying to have an illegitimate effort to make Trump illegitimate and blah, blah, blah. And it's whataboutism. It's very familiar, right? From yeah. Russia. It's, exactly. it's familiar. Because all these dynamics. Game. This well, is what drives me crazy is all these dynamics. All these dynamics are so textbook they're just so they're exactly the same every time you see the rise of a fascist or authoritarian movement it's the same rhetoric the same dynamics the same it's like you're trapped on this ride and you know where it ends and it's just really difficult to see how you get off it before that before that destination and when one side doesn't want to get off the ride no it's all working for them right i mean i i literally i don't see i don't see how this how this changes either the republicans just unilaterally for whatever reason decide suddenly you know we're we're approaching a brink and they've got to step back i worry that they're not going to recognize the problem until there's another until there's another oklahoma city i mean i mean at this point we dodged election i mean we dodged a full-fledged constitutional crisis basically because there were a handful of state level republican officials yeah. Who weren't willing to go along with this. I mean, yeah. literally like four or five of them made the difference. And that is a thin reed to yeah. hold back yeah. fascism, you yeah. know, the, the the goodwill of of, of state level Republican because every well, one of those every one of them will suffer and be replaced. That's the other key part about it is that the is the vote. We all know that had this been closer, yeah. you know, where God knows where we'd be right now. I mean, the fact that the Michigan vote was as big as it was, the fact that the Pennsylvania one kept growing to a point where they couldn't, you know, if the Pennsylvania one had been within 20,000 votes, oh my God, right? And so uh, you're right. Like we, the people don't get how few, I mean, in a couple of these court cases, the Supreme Court cases, I believe, were in both in Michigan and in Wisconsin, we won by one vote on those, on those court cases. Like there were a couple of people that voted to see those cases. You know, the Republican hack judges there on their Supreme Courts. Right. I mean, and that's luck. That's just luck this time. And we're seeing what the reason all these 126 reps are signing on to this letter is basically Trump activated this massive base 
and, and told it, you know, expressed what it wanted expressed and like expressed its true heart. And now it's activated and angry and they're all just scared of it. So they're going along with it. And so all these guys who pushed back, all these Republicans at the state level who pushed back a little bit, everyone, they're getting death threats. They're going to get booted out. They're just going to get replaced with apparatchiks. And the next time you it'll look. work. Is there any reason to think in the world that they're not going to do this again in 2022 mm-hmm. or 2024? Of course they are. Let's start with 20. Let's start with 2021, actually. So, right, Georgia. Anyhow, but this is the perfect sort of segue. Wait, 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 wait. Before you segue, I've got to ask a question about this, though. Real quick, Cliff. Yeah, go ahead. So, what is interesting about what you're describing and we're talking about is, and maybe Cliff, I don't know, maybe you know the answer to this, but in sort of world history of looking at authoritarian states, I'm not familiar with well, China. Maybe I'm trying to think of a situation where. It's not a police state that's keeping people in line. Ironically, it's the crazy citizens who are keeping the state in line, right? Because they're, they're, it's the people, it's the crazy Trump supporters that are scaring the Republican Party. The well, state I think it's a feedback loop in both right? directions is what I think it is. But, but, right? but I mean, do you have this in other, in other authoritarian states? Do you actually have most politicians kowtowed because the people have scared them? I think that's unique because of our media situation. And this is sort of what's unique. This is what's different about this than previous, I think, historical episodes is this has been accomplished not by right wingers who got elected. It's arguably all traces back to right wing media and the people who run right wing media. And unlike elected Democratic officials, right, elected Democratic officials. You know, if they lose one day, no, they might win the next day. You know, if they compromise, you know, if they if they compromise, they might get something they want. They have some incentive to work in the system, but media people have zero incentive to work within the system. All their incentives point towards being incendiary, firing people up, making people outraged and angry. And they are in charge now. They I mean, I would even. I mean, they've got the base, you know, they've got the tiger by the tail now, but it's but it's the media that fired the base up this way. And ultimately, I think the media, you've got to get to those people and have right them turn the temperature down. That's the only thing that's going to work in this. The right and they have no incentive. Fox News. Fox News well, so, that's, so here's the deal, John, because I've talked yeah. about this on this show. Yeah. And maybe David will be the one that will cross the line and agree with me. I know we keep, we keep getting free speech pushback when you bring this well, up. I do, because my whole thing is, look, as a student of history, that's my background. And the, the, the thing is, is that I can point people like, oh, free speech, free speech, free speech. You know, we can't police any speech whatsoever. And it's like, well, actually, we already do. Child pornography is illegal, as it should be. Uh, we, we don't allow libel and slander. We don't allow you to yell fire in a crowded theater. We do have things like inciting riot and terroristic threats you can't threat you can't threaten the president of the united states for example there are many instances instances where we decide that speech actually can be dangerous and for us to give the imprimatur especially of news to fox news uh, and allow it to call itself that without sort of having any rules about who can and can't call themselves news and what kinds of things you know overall if you are able to issue thinly veiled threats towards people on those news programs what, what the situation we've created is, is of course there's no incentive for them not to because they're going to get more clicks, more viewers, all of that. But the, each group has to be more incendiary than the last if you're going to keep you know, get, making this go, right? And so we've allowed this to happen because everybody said, well, free speech, free speech. And the example I always bring up, everybody wants to bring up Adolf Hitler and, and you know, that gets overdone because everybody's like, oh, well, you know, once you bring up Hitler, 
Yeah, but you know, like from recent history, I try to remind people that that Rwanda. You know, I mean, it's not the United right. States or Turkey. I mean, there's right. there's examples closer to closer to home of this happening. There are that, that look a lot radio, like us. Radio was dehumanizing the, the the Tutsis, you know, in in Rwanda, who had been the favored sort of group of the French when they were there. They were lighter skinned, and there's a lot of resentment from the Hutus. Hutus had a leader, and they had all these conspiracy theories were out there that they were pushing on talk radio. Uh, the Tutsis were going to steal the government from them. And they were going to reinstall the French and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And what happens? There's a plane crash and the Hutu leader dies. And that was the only spark they needed. And then talk radio starts saying, how many cockroaches have you killed today? You need to, for your country to kill the Tutsis in before you know 800,000 people are dead. Now, we have democratic institutions they didn't have. We have a, a more of a history of democracy they didn't have. I'm not saying it's com- completely comparable. But if people think that, quote, unquote, free speech, whatever you want to say that is, can't get people massacred and caused genocide you're not paying attention to recent history would be my yeah, argument and and th- I, the problem i think is that the time when that would have been practicable the time when something could have been done about that was back in the friggin 90s when 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 all this started and fox first planted itself on the cable dial but now you know what what you're expressing and this is i i hear this this sentiment very frequently which is like we need some institutions or gatekeepers or referees up there calling fouls, like calling the plays, like pointing out when someone lies. But at this point, it's a 50-50 nation. So who's going to be the referees? All you're doing is pushing the problem of trust and authority back one level. Like who, who, which side are the referees on, right? If everything becomes one side or the other, you lose the capacity to have anything like a, a non-interested referee whose whose sort of judgments are respected by both sides. There's just nothing like that anymore, and it's hard to see how you could build it. Like Twitter and Facebook are not going to serve that that role. They're not going to like no. right wingers are not going to allow the FDC to to like shut down their like like. There's just the, the gatekeepers don't have parlay. enough power anymore. There's always parlay. I call it parlay. I'm parlay. Because they're French. French so Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's Freedom Fries Twitter. As far as I, <laughs> they betrayed us. Yeah, um, you're just well, so it, there's just no there's just no gatekeeper that's respected across the aisle anymore. So so if you could do that, but it would just look to the other side, like one side imposing their their will on the other side, right? I mean, because you've spoken about this as I have, and I you know, and we both see this as a huge problem. The, I mean, does the left? put more investment because we certainly have done nothing to even close to anywhere close to rivaling what they've done on the right. Of course, we don't want to create zombies on the left either. That's also bad. So, well, I mean, what do you do? How do you respond to this? Then? This is, I go back and forth on this because sort of one school of thought is that the left needs a media mm-hmm. operation like the right has, because it's just this asymmetry is just crushing the left over and over and over again and it's i can't for some reason i can't get people to talk about it like like oh the green new deal isn't popular it became unpopular it became polarized and i just want to yell like why are you using the passive verb there like someone did that (laughs) they have the capacity to do that and we don't have the capacity right i mean we can go through the list benghazi you know hillary aoc i mean name it so so one school of thought is the left needs to build a comparable machine 
to like push its talking points and just connect with people where they live instead of going out and sort of like tossing your talking points out to the mainstream media and hoping that they make it through the filter to the voters you're trying to reach. We need our own mini media machine. But but the other way of looking at it is if you're if you're just going to become a sort of battle, a media battle of all against all, right? Where there's no referees and there's no one to call balls and strikes. In that environment, the side more willing to lie and more willing to appeal to outrage and contempt and all these negative emotions that capture clicks. Like those are just better at capturing clicks than the kind of things the left is trying to evoke, which is like your frontal cortex, your willingness to cooperate, non-zero sum cooperation. These things just do not fire people's amygdala up the same way the other side's talking points do. So what the left needs is to restore, the left needs social trust. The left needs trust in mainstream institutions. That's what the left needs to restore i don't know how to do that either but like but like if it's just a war of all against all we're gonna lose that you've been listening to a free excerpt of the unprecedented podcast to hear the rest of the show and hear all of our past shows and support our work as independent media please go to patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast and become a subscriber for as little as five dollars a month You can have all of our old episodes, see all of our Zoom interviews, and support the great work that we hope you think we're doing promoting the democratic and liberal agenda. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. See you next episode. And now a word from our sponsor. Well, John, the holiday season is the one time of year we all get to indulge in our favorite traditions and feel like a kid again. Uh I know me. No matter what you celebrate, everybody shares in the spirit of giving whether it's giving gifts to our favorite people or spreading cheer to everybody around you. This year, give yourself and the ones you love an opportunity to look as young as the season makes you feel with Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. It visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, number 11s, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours so you can relax, surrounded by your loved ones, knowing you're always looking your best. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon, and it's cheaper than a round of hot cocos for you and your loved ones. You can try <laughs> – you doubt that, John? Um, I'm just excited about it being cheaper than hot cocoa. Uh, me too. That's good stuff. Um, you can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit – buyplex.com backslash sexy liberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexy liberal this order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee make those wrinkles lines and under eye bags disappear with plexider visit buiplx.com backslash sexy liberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexy liberal at checkout